Alrighty, welcome back to Brojo Online. Dan Munro here. Today we're going to be talking about the concept of productivity. Surprised I haven't touched on this one before because it has such a big impact on people's lives. In particular, we're going to be talking about the five P's of poor productivity and what you can do to change them. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity. So the reason I chose this particular episode is because not only in my coaching but in my social life have I seen people just crushed under the weight of this thing we call being productive. There are so many people out there, maybe you're one of them, who just can't really enjoy their life because of this constant urge to be productive. Not only does this increase our suffering and reduce our enjoyment of life, the process by which we try to be productive is actually unproductive. So the tragedy in all this is as we desperately strive to be as productive as possible so that everybody will like us or whatever, we're actually quite unproductive and we don't enjoy our lives. So in the end, we don't really win at all. It's quite a cultural thing, isn't it? Productivity. It's this push we get from a very early age, you know, doing your chores, getting the homework done, showing up to school, getting good grades, other education, university, you know, always succeeding. And then you get to your job and you've got to work hard, you've got to work long hours. If you get your job done quickly, you've got to find something else to do. And then as soon as you get home, you've got to get busy with chores and Make it look like you're doing something worthwhile in some definition. And things like enjoying yourself and relaxing and taking time out and farting about. These are seen as like sins. You know, you're being unproductive and that's bad. And you're a bad person for being this way. Basically, it's very, very hard to earn the right to enjoy your life. You have to work very fucking hard to be able to get away with a hobby, or a holiday, or some downtime. And for some people, this is very much measurable. There's literally other people pressuring you to do this. And then for many others, it's just inside your head. You think you have to be this way. In fact, no one's actually giving any real negative feedback on you relaxing or anything like that, but you're behaving as if that's happening. It has its roots, I believe, in the industrial era. You know, maybe it's been around before then, but particularly in the career space, which then spawned into the educational space, which then brought it home, this idea that you've got to get a lot done for somebody else as quickly as possible, and that that work won't be enjoyable, but you just got to have a kind of stiff upper lip and just get it done. And it was very helpful mindset for you know the earliest capitalists in the industrial revolution the car manufacturers and the corporation owners who were able to get people to do a lot for very little and actually created a culture around it where a whole society puts pressure on each other to work very hard so that the fat cats at the top don't have to do fuck all 
And it's even spread out to them now. We're now in an era where some of the hardest working people are the top 1%. They don't even cruise around on yachts anymore like they used to. Now they're pulling 90-hour weeks. You know, Warren Buffett still wears a suit and tie. They're as stuck in the rat race as anyone else. They're just doing it at a higher level of income. But essentially, people all over the world, all different cultures, have been conditioned to believe that working hard, which means doing a lot without enjoying yourself very much, is good. And having lots of time off and relaxing and chilling is bad. So productivity, this concept, is really the replacement for slavery, isn't it? See, when slavery was abolished in various countries around the world, I think it's still practiced in some countries, certainly in some countries in the Middle East and Central Africa, there's still slavery. But when it was abolished, all these people, all the owners, were left with all these hard tasks to do. And now they didn't have a guy to do that for them for free. And I think what they did is they simply upgraded the system. They realized, well, you know what? If we give them some legal rights and we pay them a bit, we get our slaves back. And I personally believe that that is currently manifested in today's society. Most employees are just really fancy slaves. They're slaves that get to go home at night. They're slaves that get to buy stuff for themselves. But the rest is pretty much the same. And this culture around productivity, this work hard, get a lot done of value for someone else culture, is the replacement for the laws around slavery. Now we don't even need laws around slavery because people voluntarily enslave themselves due to peer pressure due to peer pressure and i'm not trying to make anyone feel bad about their choices to make a living i just want you to see you know how much of it was really a choice and how much of it felt forced i remember i sort of noticed this in my first ever job i used to work at a picking and packing warehouse that was my first ever job my dad hooked it up he was a manager at the place from the earliest age i've always been a really efficient person you know i always try and find the quickest, most effective way to get something done. And so I'd have this one job at this warehouse, and within a few weeks or months, I'm, a, I'm only a teenager at this stage, or maybe even before I turned into a teenager, I'd figured out a way to get it done quicker and easier. But the problem was, I'd get to the end of my work, and I've still got the hours left that I'm supposed to fulfill. And I'd find myself being asked to like pick up a broom and start sweeping so now i'm doing the cleaner's job or reorganize the kitchen or even just pointlessly rearrange things on the shelves or pointlessly start doing a stock take even though we do them annually and i'd have to redo it all anyway people were so uncomfortable with me being finished early even though i produced the same amount of value as the other workers who took all day that they made me do pointless activity. And for me, that is the symbol of the concept of productivity. It doesn't matter if what you do really is valuable, as long as you're busy doing stuff that you don't really enjoy. And that's what productivity is for most people. See, most people think, you know, oh, fuck, I work 10 hours a day and got heaps of shit done. And they think that's productive. No, it's not. 
That's severely inefficient. Productive would begin that same level of value done in two hours. That would be productive. But people think if I worked hard for a long period of time, I'm productive. But the truth is, if you work hard for a long period of time with little reward, you're a slave. And slaves aren't necessarily productive. Now, productivity has quite a subjective meaning, doesn't it? That word will mean something different to you as it does to me and everybody else. Some people, it's about making money. So this is why artists feel discouraged from pursuing their arts, because it's not deemed to be a viable career choice financially, even though artists and entertainers are some of the highest paid people in the world. But making money, like if the thing isn't deemed to be, you know, industrial era financially secure, it's deemed to be unproductive. For others, it's about just staying busy. It doesn't really matter what you do as long as there's a lot of it without breaks. You know, my my in-laws are kind of notorious for this. We'll go over to their house for a Sunday lunch, and before lunch is even finished, they're up cleaning and doing chores. On a Sunday, that during a time that we're supposed to be social, like they're so uncomfortable with sitting still and relaxing. They're getting better with that admittedly, but when I first met them, I actually got anxious hanging around them because they wouldn't stop moving. I'd feel bad for sitting on the couch and relaxing on a Sunday because they're out in the garden lifting potatoes or building something that doesn't need to be built or cleaning something that was just cleaned five minutes ago or whatever. They just couldn't stop moving. Helping others. Sometimes productivity is specifically about self-sacrifice. It's like it only counts as if someone else benefits from it. If you do something just for you, you're selfish and lazy. The thing you do not only doesn't need to benefit others, but ideally it should hurt you. It should really be self-sacrifice. Then you're productive. So if you spend a day breaking your back doing something you hate for someone else's benefit, a lot of people say you've been productive. When all you've really done is been very unproductive and enjoying your life. For some, it's around creativity, making new things, solving problems, solutions. You know, you're only productive if you're constantly improving or making improvements to something. If you stay still and just kind of cruise and enjoy what's happening, then you're unproductive, lazy, ineffective. But if you're constantly just burning yourself out, solving problem after problem, never really settling down and enjoying a win, then you're productive. Just getting a lot done in general. I think that's probably the most global concept of productivity is quantity, isn't it? How many barrels can you get off the assembly line? How much shit can you get done per hour? The higher that number, the more productive you're deemed to be, even if the shit isn't worth anything. Right? You spend 10 hours pumping out 100 items that nobody actually needs. You're deemed to be more productive than the person who spent one hour making one thing that one person needs. Isn't that weird? And then, of course, really, for a lot of people, productivity is all of the above. Everything I've just said, and more. Which makes it, of course, impossible to achieve. So that's productivity. I mean, what isn't productivity? Having fun. Relaxing. Being efficient with your time. Being artistic and creative in a way that's just done for pleasure. Playing. Enjoying yourself. Going slowly. Having clear priorities rather than trying to do everything. This is deemed to be unproductive. 
So if you're having fun, relaxing, you're efficient, you're artistic, you're playing, you're slow, you're prioritizing, you're not productive, apparently. Well, fucking newsflash, that is the definition of productivity, objectively speaking. Studies clearly show that people having fun get more important, valuable stuff done than people who are under pressure to perform in a serious way. Now, our definition of productivity is ironically ineffective. You know, staying busy, focusing on getting heaps done, self-sacrificing, doing it all for the money, these are the kind of things that guarantee you're going to do very little of value. You might do a lot of stuff, but most of it's just going to be crap that no one really needed, including yourself. And you're not going to enjoy your life. And if nothing you do improves your quality of life, then what the fuck's the point? Are we born to just suffer forever? Is that it? Is that what you think a meaningful life is? And the answer is yeah. That's what most people think. You get to play until the age of about 8 or 9 years old, and then you've got to be a workhorse until about 65, and then you're going to be old and decrepit, and even then you're still expected to play golf and look after the grandkids, because you've got to like squeeze the last bit of blood out of the stone kind of thing. And then you get the sweet, sweet release of death. And that's a life, apparently. Does it not strike you as maybe not the best way available? Possibly? Like, maybe. Just fucking maybe. That definition of productivity is not the ultimate way to live. Just want to throw it out there. Plant a seed. You know, run up the flagpole. See if the cat jacks it off or whatever. Just want to let you kind of allow yourself to open your mind to the idea that being a slave isn't entirely awesome, possibly. So I had a little, uh, a little fun myself with this one, trying to get this into a series of words that starts with the letter P, because I wanted to be able to say the five P's of poor productivity, and I managed to do it with a little bit of word fudging. Here are the five P's of productivity that most people live by. Number one, pressure. We've really got this belief that putting pressure on ourselves is helpful. You'll get something big done, you know, maybe the assignment for university or the project at work or getting into a relationship, and you'll give credit to the pressure you put on yourself. You say, basically, I did that because I pushed myself to do it. I made it important, forced myself. And I think pressure and productivity go hand in hand for most people. Just the sense of pressure, the weight of your task list sitting on your shoulders. The relief you get when you finally get a Sunday with an open calendar and you get to finally crash and burn after bearing that weight all week long. And just this constant urge, this push to do more, to make everything important, to treat everything as if it's urgent. To race to answer that email, to quickly whip through your workout so you can race home to make the dinner for your important family, pushing yourself all the time. Funny thing is, when you think about the concept of pressure, what is pressure? It's a restriction, isn't it? Pressure slows things down, it doesn't speed things up. You think of it in terms of physics, if you put pressure on anything, It reduces, not increases. So the idea that pressure is going to make you be more valuable, right out of the gate that sounds ridiculous. 
How's that supposed to happen? Put it this way, compare that to the idea of easy flow. What do you think is going to be more valuable, just in general? Something under pressure or something flowing easily? What do you think is going to be more productive? The reason you give pressure so much credit for your successes is because it's always there. And you've got a correlation being mistaken for a cause. You think, well, if pressure is always there when I succeed, pressure must have helped me succeed. Instead of seeing the truth, you succeeded in spite of pressure. You would have done even better if you had been easygoing. Can you imagine that? Is that possible? I remember, uh, it reminds me of something when I was trying to quit smoking cigarettes. And I'd get these people say, well, my granddad smoked until he was 85. And I used to always think, well, yeah, there's a good exception there. There's a bit of evidence that I can keep smoking. And to one person, I think it was Alan Carr in his book, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking. He said, yeah, he lived to 85 with smoking, but maybe without smoking, he would have lived to a fucking hundred. I thought, yeah, I didn't even think of it like that. So you might get a lot done without realizing you could get even more done without pressure. But because pressure's always been there, it's been there since you were a little kid trying to impress your parents or whatever. You assume that anything you do well is because of pressure, rather than the truth, which is you're pushing against pressure every step of the way, and it could be so much easier for you if you weren't under pressure. The second P, piling up. I really had to dig for a word beginning with P for this one. But this is actually something I mentioned before in my content that I call the Everest Effect. One of the things we do is we look at the whole task list at once. Or we pile a lot of small activities together and call it a single task. Like you might say, I've got to finish that report. This huge monstrous thing that takes you an hour and a half of hard work. When actually it's a series of micro actions. It's not one big thing. It's not Mount Everest. It's actually just step by step, just like anything else. But because we've got this pressure to be productive, we kind of heap as much onto our plate as possible. Like, we want to prove ourselves. We go, look at my fucking task list. Have you noticed how people argue over who's the busiest? You know, like they're fucking proud of it. Like, you think you got a lot on. I'm going to do this massive list. And you're like, well, great. Would you like a medal or a trophy for being atrocious at managing your life? You know, you're actually proud of having a shit life. I, I, to this day, I don't understand that. How people are proud of being busy. I mean, I do. I understand that kind of cultural peer pressure. You're like, look, I'm one of the busy ones. Please love me. But being busy sucks. It sucks. <laughs> being busy sucks ass. And one of the ways that we create a sense of busyness, because busyness is a myth, you understand that? There's no such thing as being busy. You're not doing more tasks per minute than anyone else on the planet, because all tasks are subjective. Like, the bum sitting on the bench drinking a beer is doing the same amount per second as you are finishing that report at work. He's just less stressed about it. You're still just doing activity over time. The idea that somebody can do more activity per time than another person doesn't even make sense. It's like somebody going 5Ks an hour is faster than another person going 5Ks an hour. No, you're just moving. That's it. 
So busyness isn't really how much you're doing, it's how much you think about doing. So the person who doesn't feel like they have a big task list, they might be actually quite active throughout the day, but they're just winging it, they're just going with the flow, and so they wouldn't call themselves busy. But the person next door, moving the exact same amount, but imagining a huge task list sitting on their shoulders, would call themselves busy, like, oh, I don't have enough time to do it all. Well, you got the rest of your life to do it all, just the same as anybody else. And you don't even have to do it all. So what the fuck is busyness? So busyness just becomes a medal of honour, isn't it? You're like, look, see, I'm suffering. Give me a pat on the back at how awesome I am at suffering, and how terrible I am at managing my time. But that's what we like to do. We like to pile it up. Every activity is really just these micro-tasks that we can stop at any point in time. You know, you think about writing a report. It's really just one letter at a time on the keyboard. That's that's the actual activity. Tap, 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 tap. You can stop after any one of those taps. It's a choice. But you say, no, I've got to do the whole report. And then it becomes this huge thing. It's a thousand taps all at once in your head. Plus all the other tasks you've got to do throughout the day. You've got to finish the report and you've got to make the lunch and you've got to have the meeting and you've got to go to the gym and you've got to blah, 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 blah. And you're thinking about these things all at once. And it's like standing at the bottom of Mount Everest, looking up and going, I have to get to the top all at once. Yeah, good luck with that. The third P, powerlessness. You know that someone's powerless when they say, I have to. I have to do this. I need to do that. I must get on to that. People, when you use this language, you're saying, I don't have a choice. This isn't an option, I'm just reporting on the facts. That needs to be done, and that's what's going to happen, and case closed. And you ask them, well, why does it have to be done? There's always a reason. Well, if I don't, there's going to be consequence, right? Reasons. And for some reason, we forget that actually that's a choice. You know you don't even have to get out of bed in the morning. You know you don't even have to fucking breathe if you don't want to. You can hold your breath. Give it a go right now. Hold your breath as long as you can. You don't even have to breathe. You don't have to drink water. You don't have to go to the toilet. You don't have to work. You don't have to talk to people. You don't have to do anything. In fact, if you're willing to die, then you don't have to do anything at all. Not a single thing. If you're willing to accept the consequences... All options are available to you. You don't have to obey the law. You don't have to drive on the road. You can drive up on the sidewalk if you want. It's a choice. It is available to you. You're probably never going to do it, but you forget that it's a choice. You sit there stuck in traffic like, oh, I have to fucking be stuck in traffic. It's like, no, you could drive around it. Now, you'll probably get pulled over by the police, but it's still a choice. You understand? Everything you do is a choice. So when you say, I have to, what are you talking about? Who who made you other than you? My boss told me I have to. Yeah, but you don't have to obey your boss. So that's you deciding to do it. You can tell your boss to go fuck yourself and quit your job. And I'm not saying do that, but that option is available to you. Never forget that you have that option and that you always have the option of just going, no. Put it this way, you could start next week or whenever you listen to this podcast. With a new rule, nothing has to be done, and restart your task list from what do I actually want to do? And just notice, 
that you can change everything. You can completely delete your task list if you want. I'm not saying that the consequences of doing that will be good for you. I'm just saying it's an option. You forget that you have the option to choose. We've got prisons full of people because some choose not to obey the law. Now, I'm not saying going to the prison is a good idea. But, you know, on the other hand, Nelson Mandela went to prison to fight against slavery and apartheid. So sometimes going to prison is a good choice in terms of integrity. You don't have to. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to talk to people. You don't have to deal with anything if you don't really want to. So when you do do those things, you have to recognize the truth, which is you chose to. You didn't have to. You chose to. But because you tell yourself you have to, you feel powerless. So you've got pressure, you've got piling up, and now you've got powerlessness. And that's why you don't enjoy productivity. The next P, performance. Productivity is not measured by the individual. It's measured by other people. For you to be productive officially, you have to be validated by others. This is why people brag about being busy all the time. They want someone else to say, yes, you are busy. Here's your medal for being productive. Welcome to society. We all love you now. You can go home with a bit less anxiety today. Performance is always about impressing others and having them validate your behavior. And that's really what productivity has always been about, isn't it? First it was the slaves trying to avoid the whip. Then it was the wage slaves trying to avoid the pay cut or the performance review or the loss of the job or the shame from society at losing the job or the loss of attraction when we go on the date so you don't have a good job and so on and on and on and on. It's always just this endless effort to prove to other people, there's another P for you, that you're a good productive person, that you're a good little boy or girl who deserves some love. Yeah. Except, of course, when you aim to perform for other people, you usually do one thing in exchange for that, and that is you sacrifice your integrity. And this is why a massive chunk of people, probably in the 90% region, are doing jobs they don't even like. They've been so focused on being productive from such a young age that it never occurred to them to look for a job they would actually fucking enjoy and would go to willingly and be excited about going to. And instead they got focused on being productive, to provide, to prove themselves, to protect their kids. The peas are coming out in force now. I stand firm in the belief that in anyone's career path can be a job or a business that you love doing. It might not happen right at the beginning. You might have to build up skills or capital or whatever. That's fine. But when someone comes to me in their 30s and 40s and they hate what they're doing, I'm like, yeah, you fucked up by trying to perform for others. The only time you should be doing jobs you don't like is as a stepping stone towards the one you do like. But a lot of people say, no, but... I've got to be productive. I can't be a musician. I have to be a music teacher, you know, or an accountant or something that isn't even related. Because someone once said, that doesn't impress me. That doesn't make me think of you as productive. You know, maybe it was your father saying, you can't make a living doing that. You're just wasting time. You're a leech on society. Instead of saying the truth, which is, I hate my job and please don't live like me. That's a terrible idea. 
So performing for others is part of the productivity pile of shit, isn't it? So busy trying to get validated that you lose track of what you actually want for yourself in this one life that you get that could end at any second. Yeah. You know you could die tomorrow, right? Do you want productive on your tombstone? Would you be happy on your deathbed going, well, at least I was really fucking busy? Worth a thought. And the last P, which is essentially the collapse of the system, procrastination. The final outcome of the other four piled together. Pressure, piling up, powerlessness, performance, so much on your shoulders, so overwhelming, so unenjoyable, and you resist it, don't you? You say, well, I just can't deal with that today. It's funny, no matter how much a person appears to be a high performer or a high achiever, if you dig in, you'll find the big important thing that they're procrastinating on. Every fucking time. Because that big important thing, they just don't have the resources for it left. You know, they're all used up. They've been squeezed dry by all the other peas. And you're just left exhausted, aren't you? You ever wonder, like, why isn't I just can't get my ass to the gym and eat healthy? Or why do I never get around to, like, working on my social life? Or, you know, I've been stuck at this job for five years. Why don't I do something about it? Why do you keep procrastinating on the things that are important? Because you're fucking tired. Okay? You've had enough. You've used up all your energy trying to impress other people and you've got none left for yourself. There's no energy left to be brave, to be creative, to be honest. To like take some risks. You got you gotta be full of juice to do that stuff. It's scary stuff. But all you do, like you get to the weekend and you just crash because you got nothing left. You've been so busy being productive and so scared of being seen as unproductive that there's really no drive to do anything that's really good for you. So you procrastinate. And then we put all this together and we say that person's productive. Right, that person who's under heaps of pressure and treating lots of small tasks as giant big ones and feeling totally powerless and always performing to impress other people and procrastinating on what's important, that's a good person right there. Aren't they good? Surely you can see the flaws here. Surely you can wake up to the idea, hey, maybe productivity is horseshit. Total horseshit that I've been sold so that I'll be a good little worker For somebody who's going to profit off my hard work, either somebody who owns the business, or some partner that uses you, or some friends that use you, or society that like stands on your back to get shit done. You know, I've seen, I saw a post the other day, there was a guy, I think he's in Spain, there's a tragedy where his son was killed in an accident because of a big pothole in the road. And since then, he's been going around filling in the potholes in his country. He's kind of famous for it. He's done thousands of them. That's the government's fucking job. What the fuck is he doing filling in potholes? Well, governments thrive on productivity. Governments get to lean back and do fuck all because they know that all of us have this itch inside to be really busy. So as long as they make the problems known, somebody will jump in and do it even though it's their job. You're being used. You understand that? You are a slave. 
with productivity. You won't even know who the slave master is. They won't even know who they are. But there's just some people, kind of, you might say, at the top, benefiting from all the hard work of others. And they don't have to lift a finger to make this happen. People do it to themselves. Those five Ps don't come from the outside. You put pressure on yourself. You're the one who piles up tasks. You're the one who tells yourself, I have to, to make yourself powerless. You're the one who performs for others and nobody even asked you to or nobody forced you to. And you're the one who ends up procrastinating on the stuff that's actually good for you. You make all those choices. Nobody else... (laughs) There is no whip anymore. The slaves don't need to be constrained. The funny thing about... Funny thing. The horrible thing about slavery is you had to chain them up and whip them and scare the shit out of them because they would run away otherwise. Modern day slaves aren't running anywhere. They run towards the slave masters. People begging for a shit job, you know? People begging to go with a partner who's just going to use them. You don't even have to, like, manage your slaves anymore. They come to you. The slave masters at the top must be laughing. They'll be like, oh, those idiots back then. You don't need to force people. You're just going to make them really uncomfortable with relaxing. And they'll come to you. Of course, the irony of all this, those five Ps lead to low productivity, objectively speaking. Compared to the potential that you're capable of, the kind of put a man on the moon, build a bridge, write a symphony kind of potential that humans are capable of, you're really low functioning. You're probably not even close to what you could be doing if instead of trying to be old school productive, you redefined it. And even if you are getting a lot done, do you enjoy your life? Really? There's no possible way you could enjoy it more? Really? The only people who are really enjoying your life are the ones who are using you to win. So I want to give you five new P's. A new definition of productivity. One that I've been working on for the last couple of years. Because I'm as much a slave as anybody else. So I'm trying to free myself. I'm doing better at it. But I've still got a long way to go. This one was harder to find the P's. But I'll do my best. So I want to replace those first five with these ones here. So instead of pressure prioritize see pressure comes from all of this is important i gotta do the lot of it prioritize is more like actually only a few things are important and almost everything else can be left for those of you who don't know another p for you the pareto principle the 80 20 principle i seriously recommend you google that and get the book 80 20 principle you'll start to realize that there's only a few things you actually really need to do that are important in all the areas of your life. For example, there's a maximum efficiency point when it comes to working out. For those of you who hit the gym for like three hours, there are many scientifically validated workouts that only last about 15 minutes that do the exact same or even better job than hours of hours hitting the weights. 80-20 in a business, I do this every quarter, I review all the tasks I do to how much they help my business, and I stack them in order from first to last, and then I cut out the bottom half. Because about half of what I do doesn't actually need to be done. I can either pay someone else to do it, very little, or just not do it at all and nobody will even notice. So if I'm ever working more than 8 hours a day, I know that I'm doing something wrong, not something right. And your basic needs. You know, there are people out there sacrificing sleep so that they can work harder. Do you know how much less productive you are with unsatisfactory sleep? Sleep should be number one on your list. 
So prioritizing doesn't mean that you say all of these things are a priority. You say this one thing is the priority and everything else is debatable. If you're going through your task list in order from highest priority to lowest, and by about 3 o'clock in the afternoon you're only halfway down the list, you're done for the day. The other half doesn't even get done. That's productive. There's a massive survey. um, See if we can find the link. Can't remember the name. Um, But they basically were having a look at how productive people are at work, and they figured out that in an average eight-hour day, people are only really working for about three and a half hours, maybe less. So for all you employers out there, you're paying people per hour. You're really only paying them for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes of that hour. The rest of the time, they're fucking around. If you really sort of whittle down what they do to just the important stuff that actually matters, not all the emails and the sweeping up and, you know, like just the sales or just the creative work, they could get so much more done in so little time. And then they'll be able to relax and heal and do all the good stuff. The second one, instead of piling up, we talk about quantum parts. That was a hard one to find a P for, by the way. See, piling up is looking at everything all at once. That's not productive. Looking at every micro step as a single unit by itself, that's productive. It reduces the size of any task to make it manageable, which significantly reduces the likelihood of procrastination because it reduces all the anxiety and fear. If you can do things in little bursts that you can handle, it's far more sustainable than trying to chunk something massive and just burning yourself out or just putting it off because it's too big. For example, the concept for exercise of running as far as you want to. So instead of like, I've got to go for a five kilometer run, this big step, you can say, well, I'll just run step by step until I've had enough. And you'll find that you can run every day with that mentality, as long as you're allowed to stop whenever you feel like stopping. You can't force yourself to do more than you feel like doing. But if you say, I've got to run 5k every day, on any morning that you don't feel like doing the full 5k, you won't run at all. You'll end up doing less running overall. Hit the deck workout, this one where you just drop and do like 10 push-ups and 10 squats every hour. You'll find that not only is that more sustainable, but you'll end up by the end of the week having done more push-ups and squats than you would if you did big workouts. Or even just getting stuff done in the morning. Choose the one or two small activities that have the highest leverage for you on any given day, whether it's work or fitness or whatever, and just do them first, get them out the way. Safe in the knowledge, hey, the rest of the day it doesn't matter that much. I've done the small little things that needed to be done most urgently. The third new P, from powerless to powerful choices. This is more of a mental exercise that you need to bring into your day to consciously watch yourself making decisions. Catch yourself every time you say, I have to do that, I need to do that, or I must do this. And say, actually, what do I choose to do? Because it's always a choice. There's always at least a binary option of do it, don't do it. And often there's more choices than that. Do this, do that, do the other thing, or do nothing. And even if you feel like that's the most important thing, I've got to do it, at least go, well, do I choose to do it or not? And you'll feel this has quite a significant mental shift. Like, for me, like eating uh, healthy is a big one. 
if I look at it, I'm like, oh, I've got to eat healthy. Like, I have to. I just feel this great reluctance. You know, like, why should I have to? Life's not fair. I just want some chocolate. But if I'm like, actually, I don't have to. Do I want to eat healthy? Do I want to respect my body right now or not? It's a choice. It's up to me. I can say no if I want, and sometimes I do say no. But I'm actually far more likely to say yes, and without resentment or feeling pressured, if I'm allowed to say no. Give yourself permission to quit. Give yourself permission to procrastinate, and you'll actually be less likely to do it. When you don't have permission to do stuff, you'll rebel against it, just like a slave trying to run away. You gotta understand, you're the one who takes your own power away. Nobody's making you do anything. There are no whips. They only exist inside your mind. You are the slave master. Fourth one was performance. This one was really hard to find a P. So I went with impress yourself. So this is about going from trying to please other people to trying to please yourself. That's what I should have said. Performance to please yourself. Anyway. Valued living integrity instead of doing what other people think of as productive do what you think of is the recipe to a good life by your own standards something that on your deathbed you'll be proud of even if no one else is you know courage honesty responsibility respect whatever your values are Demand that you live by those rather than trying to meet the task list that somebody else made up for you. You know, Maybe you're at work and you're looking at the list of tasks you're supposed to do, but one of them just rubs you the wrong way. You're like, that's just stupid. We shouldn't be doing that. Don't do it. Go complain about it to the boss, whatever. At least have a say about it. So you don't feel like you're doing something just to impress somebody else. You're not compromising yourself for others. This will also allow you to start seeing the times where you need to stop being productive by other people's standards. Like you might be stressed out and you'll be like, actually the right thing to do right now is have a break. That's what stress is for, is to tell me to have a break. Productivity tells me to work even harder, but that just hurts me, which hurts everybody else in the long run. Why the fuck would I do something so stupid? If you're busy or tired or stressed, stop. Go for a walk. Play in the garden. Read to your kids. Lie on the floor and just breathe. Whatever you think is the right thing to do. What would you advise somebody else to do if you really cared for them and loved them? If you're saying, well, I'd advise them to work even harder. Well, then you're not a very good friend. Last one. Instead of procrastination, play. See, the problem with productivity is it's so fucking serious that you can't even enjoy your life. I still don't get it why people think it's good to not enjoy your life. Why people are proud of not enjoying themselves. Why people compete to see who's suffering the most. I don't know if I'll ever understand the mentality behind that, even though I used to do it myself. Make it fun. Block out relaxation time. Take all the holidays you can. Read the books you want to read. Watch the movies you want to watch. Tinker around with hobbies that serve no purpose. One of my favorite clients, you know, we're doing this kind of work, and she decided she was going to learn Morse code. Totally pointless, right? She's never going to need it, and that's why I thought it was such a brilliant idea, to learn something for the sake of enjoying it, and no other reason. That's fun. You'll find you're far less likely to procrastinate on important things 
if you're regularly having fun as well throughout your life. What do you do just for fun? And over last year, I tried to learn how to do a handstand. You know how productive a handstand is? Not at all. There's no one that's going to benefit from me doing a handstand at all. But I like the challenge of learning it. Before that, I was learning magic tricks with cards. Never going to be a magician. Didn't even do any of the tricks on people. I just wanted to learn how they're done. That, in my mind, is actually productive. That's a good life. Thrashing yourself to death, doing stuff for other people so you've got no time left for yourself, that's not a good life. I don't know why we think it is. I'm not impressed by someone doing that. It just makes me feel sad. And yet I used to do it myself. Now before we wrap this up, we have to identify the barriers because there are more than a few. This isn't an easy change to make even if you want to do it. So let's let's be honest and face up to what we're going to be, you know, fighting against here. First and foremost, judgment from others. Ever get into that argument about who's the busiest but try and actually brag about how you're not? Watch how bad the reaction is from other people. When you say, well, actually, I'm really enjoying my life and I've got my priorities in order. Sounds like you don't. They don't like that. And, well, they might because you sound like an arrogant prick. But the point is, you're going to have to rub people the wrong way to enjoy your life because everybody else is plugged into the matrix. They're all good little workers burning themselves out to death to serve some higher purpose which is really just somebody else's wallet, usually. So you're going to have to break the rules here. You'll be relaxing when they're working hard. It's amazing, like, when I go to, say, the local swimming pools, it's a Sunday, just going there to chill, and I like to just set up a chair, get nice and comfortable, and read my book, right? Because I'm that kind of guy. I'm a live-in-the-shade kind of guy. Mostly for necessary reasons, because I'm so pale, but... You know, I'm the kind of guy who does indoor stuff outdoors, and it makes people uncomfortable, right? Like reading. What's amazing is the people around me find it really hard to just relax. You know, they're in and out of the pool, they're constantly talking. And some of them actually kind of, they get uncomfortable with me not being busy during our time off at the pool. And I have to actually endure this. It's not like anyone gives me shit, but sometimes they might tease me a bit, or sometimes they make comments, or sometimes they're just kind of like, active around me, which gives me anxiety, you know. You're going to be surrounded by people who are either subtly or directly trying to get you to be more like them, trying to make you back towards productive. Sometimes it'll be really blunt and direct, like your parents saying, I can't believe you would leave that nice job to go and become a chef. You're wasting your life, you know. All the way through to just the more subtle person, like bragging about how busy they are and everything in between. You're just going to have to let them hate you. Think about showing them the way. Being a role model. Yeah, they might be giving you shit now, but maybe in a couple of years' time, they actually copy you. And I have seen this happen a lot. You know, when I first told people I was going to start my own business, which, you know, is going from being a good little worker to living my life and being free, I got a lot of blowback from my friends. A lot of people giving me shit about it. Fast forward five years, a lot of those friends now have their own businesses. I'm not saying they copied me directly, but they certainly changed the tune about what they were believing. 
And maybe I was a role model. Maybe I was the first so that they could follow suit. So you might just have to show the unwilling a better way to live. And even if they don't agree with you or they don't follow along with you, so be it. Fact is, if you want to become someone who actually enjoys his life, you might actually have to let some people go. Some people who want to be slaves. Some people who are dependent on the matrix. Another barrier you're going to face is demands from other people. See, when you stop being productive by society standards, there are some people who, you know, it's going to cost them. They're going to get less of your hard work benefiting them, and they're going to complain about that. Like low-quality clients who try to steal all your time, they're going to start whinging when you don't get back to them via email, because now you only get back to high-paying clients. Or, you know, your boss saying, hey, did you leave early on Friday? And you're like, yeah, I got all the work done. He's like, well, you should stay till five. You're like, well, why? I got the work done. That's what you pay me to do. That's what's in my contract. So shush. Right? So those people who stand on your back to have an easier life and you bear their burden, they're going to have something to say when you stop doing that. And it's actually a sign of progress. When the users start complaining, you're probably on track. It's when they're happy that you need to be worried. Another barrier, and possibly even the biggest one from inside yourself, is going to be perfectionism. You know, you've got this idea that you have to get it all done well. Why? Why all of it? What's the point of that? Really, just stop and think for a second. Why does everything need to be done perfectly? What's bad if it doesn't get done perfectly? Really, what happens? Does the world collapse? Do people stab you? Does your skin fall off? Exactly what happens if you're not perfect? Really? Do people stop loving you? Do you want to only be loved by people who will only love you if you're perfect? Is that a healthy relationship? Is that the kind of people you want in your life? What exactly drives you to be perfect? What if you could embrace just being good enough? You know, not amazing, not stand out from the herd. Not top of the fucking podium with everybody cheering, but just in the crowd cheering with the rest of them and just enjoying your life. You know, after studying confidence for well over a decade, I came to realize I had to stop looking at the stars. I had to stop looking at the high profile people and start looking in amongst the crowd because the high profile people weren't confident. Those people you see at the top of the game in sports and business and socialites and all that, They're all fucked up. They're all super insecure. You know, they're all just struggling with self-confidence. And so they're not the role models. The role models are quiet. They're just tucked away having a nice little life and nobody barely even notices them except for the people close to them who think they're awesome. But they're hidden because they're not striving to be the best and perfect. They're striving to live with integrity and enjoy their life and they're doing a fucking good job of it much better than the perfectionists are. Get the right thing done rather than getting everything done. Focus on what matters rather than doing everything. The things that have to be done but they're not important, just get them done to a good enough standard. A functional standard, not a perfect standard. Reply to your emails once a day instead of once every 10 minutes. Nobody dies. Nothing bad happens, right? If you get a C, you know, C's get degrees, we used to say in university. You get an average score on your exam, you still pass. So why bust your ass trying to get 95% when nobody's even going to give a fuck anyway when you go to get hired? Nobody asks what percentage you got on your exams. 
Nobody gives a fuck. You do so many things over the top, well beyond the maximum efficiency point, well beyond what ne- what's needed, and you don't have to, and it doesn't benefit you, and there's no fucking point. It just makes you miserable. Choose a couple of things that are actually important and go all in on those. Like when I do a coaching session, I am fucking there with a client. I'm just there the whole time like, what's the next thing that needs to be said to make this person's life even better? That's all I'm thinking about, basically. But when I'm, I don't know, doing the back-end stuff on my website, I'm like, oh, let's just get this to a point where it functions and then I'm moving on. And you know what? Nothing bad happens. Most of you don't even know that I do the back-end on my website. You just know that my website's not very flash. But guess what? I don't need it to be. Business is doing fine. Another barrier, independence. A lot of us have a traumatic experience when we're younger, where depending on someone went really bad for us. Bullying, neglect, pressure, someone letting us down, backstabbing, being thrown under a bus by your boss, whatever it is, some moment happens where you're like, oh my god, I can never lean on somebody because I'll come crashing down. So the independent streak comes in. You start thinking like, if you want it done right, you've got to do it yourself. And that's better than actually being a dependent little bitch. But it's not much better because there's very little, well, should I say, there's only so far you can go on your own. There's a big difference between being independent and being resourceful. In the old school model of productivity, it's independence. You get everything done yourself. But what really productive people, objectively productive people do, is they're resourceful. They look for high leverage. How do I get this done with the least amount of effort? Who can help me with this? What tools can I use? How do I systemize this? You know, in the digital age, there is so much stuff you're doing right now that could be done by an app. But you're doing it manually because you think of doing everything on your own. There's so much stuff you're doing that is just worthless when you could pay somebody like a virtual assistant in the Philippines to do it for like $7 an hour and they'll do it even better than you do it. And you'd have time to do other stuff or time to relax. Resourcefulness is what's the best way to get this done? Independence is what's the best way to get it done on my own? Guess which one gets more done? You think Elon Musk does all the, his own work in Tesla? Or you think maybe some of his employees do some shit? The last one is an interesting one that's come up. Family legacy. A very specific issue that I've only talked about with a few people, but I suspect is quite common. And that is, your family's old school version of productivity hurts them, it's inefficient, they don't have good lives, and yet you feel a massive obligation to continue their legacy. Like if you've got a family who's bad with money and never been rich or whatever, you'll feel this urge to not do so well with money yourself. Like you'll feel repulsed by richness, you won't start your own business, you won't go for the promotion, you kind of hold yourself back and play small financially. Or like maybe you've got someone in your family who doesn't communicate very well. You know, maybe your parents are always guilt-tripping each other and yelling and screaming and stuff. And you find out you could actually do much better in relationships. You've got a much more effective, productive way of communicating. But you feel reluctant to use it and learn it because then you'll actually be kind of insulting your family by doing better than they are. If you want to really be productive, if you want to have a good life... 
you're probably going to have to improve on your family. You're probably going to have to do things better than they did them. And that might actually make you really uncomfortable, especially showing them that you're doing it. So those are my thoughts on productivity. It's a big topic for me. You know, I've had a lot of misery in my life from trying to be productive. And I've been trying to apply this new way of looking at things, you know, prioritizing, only doing what matters, breaking things down into small parts, always taking responsibility for my choices, trying to impress myself and fuck everybody else, and trying to play and have fun as much as I can. And I tell you what, my business is doing well, my health is doing well, my relationship's doing well, much better with this approach than my old school productive approach, and I suspect it will be the same for others. Get in touch, dan at brojo.org, if you want help to be more productive in this new, healthier way. And uh, I will check you guys out next time. Cheers.